Second Corinthians 5.20. We are, therefore, ambassadors as though God were making His appeal directly through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled with God. We often hear people asking these questions, and perhaps you and I have asked these questions ourselves, or heard other people asking these questions in some of the other stage of our lives. And these questions could be something like, why am I really here? What am I doing on this earth? Is life really worth living? Am I worthless? Do I have any worth? Do people, other people see worth in me? And why does my life so very often, why does my, my life not make sense at all to me? These questions are not new, and they could be asked with very good reason as well. And the, the answers to these difficult existential questions could come from the Word of God, because there we find our replies the questions are not the problem. The point is, what are our attitudes in asking those questions? Why do we ask those questions? What are our motives? What is our intent? What is our attitude when we ask these very difficult questions? God made us the crown of His creation, us human beings. The crown of his creation, to know him, to love him, to have fellowship with him forever. And John 17, 13 says, Now this is eternal life, that we may know you, the only true God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And my friends, the more people moved away and even turned their backs on the Word of God, the more they got alienated from the Lord, the more they moved away from the church and the family of believers, the more they tried to find their own answers to their questions. People tried to find answers to these questions by escaping to non-Christian unbiblical, pagan, religious philosophies, ideologies, and lifestyles. Already starting with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, all mankind rebelled against God, and we have been at war with God ever since. We have missed our calling. We have missed our goal in life completely due to this alienation and trying to find alternatives and finding answers to our own questions within our own strength. We may say, 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, I've never been at war with God. Uh, and we may not want to admit it, but we have disobeyed God, haven't we? To be very honest. God told us to do one thing. We did the other. God told us to live in a specific way, but we have loved, lived in another way. God told us to serve Him, and we responded by serving ourselves. God told us to treat people in a specific way, but we have treated them as we wanted to, as we felt fit. Romans 5.10 says, We were God's enemies because of our sin. And this applies to all of us. It applies to me. It applies to you. The Apostle Paul had his fair share of problems in the church of Corinth. Very, very many difficulties. And Corinth is in Greece. It's in the Mediterranean. And it's right in the middle of the mainland in the north and the Peloponnese in the south. It was a very busy and a wealthy center in those days. It was a culturally diverse city. People came from all over the then known developed world. And they came to that city. To, and because there was trade, there was business. Uh, it was bustling with business. And people came to make money and become rich to become affluent, to be dependent on their own wealth. But these tra traders that came to Corinth also imported their pagan religions, their non-Christian philosophies, and their wicked, godless lifestyles. All of this was directly in opposition to the way the Word of God Christians to live. The church in Corinth was deeply divided they were not getting along with, another, with one another. To a great extent, worldly influences infested and almost destroyed that church. Also, moving on from turning our backs on God, in more modern times, people broke away from and even ignored their calling by God and developed their own belief systems or not non-believing systems. An example of that would be the existentialists. They were very active in the 19th century until the middle of the 20th century. And the father of this existential movement was somebody from Denmark called Søren Kierkegaard. And he was joined in Germany by a people like Martin Heidegger and also by Friedrich Nietzsche will be known to you and Karl Jaspers. In France, it is Albert Camus and Jean-Paul Sartre to name but a few of these existentialists of that time. Philosophic existentialism emphasizes individual existence boundless freedom and personal choice. Their philosophy, the philosophy of the existentialist says, there is no God. 
He simply does not exist. There is no other transcendent supernatural force anywhere, any place. And according to the existentialist, the only way to counter this nothingness, to counter this emptiness, is to question and to reject all forms of faith and existence. They were always trying to reinvent themselves according to their own perceptions. But then as we move on to the postmodern era, this era is characterized and by and large dominated by the electronic technology. So much of our time is consumed by this phenomenon. It is more often than not, it confuses us due to this overload of information which can so easily become overwhelming every day. We cling to those computers. We cling to our cell phones. We, we, are, we are completely taken over by this overload of information. I think we have a sort of a love-hate relationship with technology. Increasingly, we, we see how accepted moral and ethical principles are either criticized or rejected. A shadow of doubt is subtly or very clearly cast over the Bible, first of all, the faith, the Christian church, but in the final analysis, also over the existence of God. This is what technology, modern technology, is telling us virtually every day, subtly or directly. They tell us, is all of this about God and church and Bible and faith? Is all of this still applicable today? Do we, do we modern people still need this? Is it all still relevant? Is the Bible really the inerrant word of God? Does it have any meaning at all for, the, for, for us, the mature, enlightened person living in this modern era? Do we need this? But amazingly, through all these ages, although we were his enemies, God still loved us, and He still lo loves us today. While we were yet sinners, His enemies, Christ died on that cross for us with all our deficiencies. He paid for the sins of, for, of His enemies on the cross so that if we could repent and come back to God, we could be reconciled with Him. That is what it means when the text says, God reconciled us to Himself through Christ. We don't reconcile with God. God reconciles with us. He comes to us with reconciliation. And then something happens 
Because when we hear the message and believe it and turn around and come back to God, then we are forgiven and we are struck by something which John read this morning and is part of my text. We are struck by the fact that Paul several times comes up with this point of what is the real calling of us as Christians. And the question now is, have we understood the full meaning of what he was saying in our Bible text? I think sometimes we read over this, but we don't focus on the meaning of what we are reading. When you are reconciled to God through faith in Jesus Christ, then you were formerly an enemy of God, but now you have become his ambassador to the world. And that is what Paul says. He says, we are ambassadors. He's not speculating about this. It's present indef indefinite. It's categoric. If you are a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, there is no other way based on our text that you must be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, ambassador of our Lord, ambas ambassador of Almighty God. The mission of an ambassador on this earth is to make and keep good relationships between countries, to bring them together. And that is what we are to do with people and with God. Make good relationships. Build those strong, unbreakable relationships, uh, relationships and bring them together. People may be afraid or they don't know how to come back to God. It is our calling as ambassadors of Jesus Christ to help bring people back to God, to be reconciled with God, to build His church, His kingdom. The message of the ambassador is given by the one who appoints him, who says, you are my ambassador. It's done by a king or a president. The ambassador is never free to create and to deliver his own message. An ambassador has to be faithful and trustworthy as his leader or sender has, has sent him with a message that dare not be changed. If an ambassador changes the message to make it more acceptable to the people to which he was sent, that would be wrong and would, it would be disloyal to the one who sent him out to give this specific message out to the world in which he'll be working. Christ's ambassadors are also not free to be creative with God's message. We are not allowed to be creative with the inerrant word of God. We are not free to take out the more difficult parts 
or to change it to make it more pleasing, more acceptable to the people of our age. By doing this, it might make us more popular with the world because we are so easygoing in everything, are we not? But this will be a blatant turning of our backs on him who has called us to be ambassadors of God in this world. We must, we must not compromise his message. The message of the gospel, gospel doesn't, never changes. And as we, have, as we have said before, we will not be judged by how popular we are with the world or our, the, the response to our work that we are doing with them. We will not judge by our, be judged by our popularity. We will be judged by the way in which we have been faithful in passing along the message that our King, our sender, has given to us. And that is why an ambassador must have a certain conduct. They represent the sender. We here today, we, as you are sitting here as Christians and as ambassadors, you are actually representing your sender directly. And that is why we need to conduct ourselves appropriately. The Bible says each one of us who, who is a Christian is an ambassador of our Lord Jesus Christ on earth. And this means that we have to guard our conduct under all circumstances. That is why Paul says in Philippians 1.27, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And we need to stop anything. Anything we are doing that might hinder people from coming to the kingdom of God. In addition, in addition to our conduct and what applies to an ambassador, we also need to understand that there are certain qualities that have to be developed. An ambassador is alert and ready. And he is alert and ready for all challenges and opportunities. An ambassador of Christ is patient. Ambassadors won't quarrel, but will listen in order to understand and respectfully engage those who disagree. An ambassador is reasonable. An ambassador has informed convictions, not just emotions or feelings. Ambassadors give reasons. They ask questions and they seek answers. An ambassador is tactical. An ambassador tackles bad thinking. And he replaces that with wisdom, presenting the truth in an understanding and compelling way. An ambassador is clear. An ambassador is careful with words and language and will not resort to empty rhetoric. An ambassador is fair. 
sympathetic and understanding towards others, even when dealing with contrary views. An ambassador is honest. An ambassador is careful with the facts, will not misrepresent another's view, overstate his own case, or understate the demands of the gospel. An ambassador is humble and does not think too much of himself. An ambassador is dependent and he knows that effectiveness requires joining his best efforts with God's power. And this we not only find in the New Testament, also in the Old Testament there are several texts thinking of a text like Isaiah 33 verse 7, Proverbs 13 17, Jeremiah 49 14, where also in the Old Testament, the word ambassador or envoy is used very clearly. And the word for ambassador in Hebrew is shagrir. And shagrir is that person that goes out, is sent out as ambassador to the people, and he has only one thing to say, and I'll say that in Hebrew. He says, Ko amar Yahweh, which means this is exactly what the Lord says, nothing more and nothing less, because he is God's representative. My dear friends, personally, I think that ambassadorship of Christians has not been emphasized sufficiently in the church over the years. I don't know why it's been put on the back burner, why we read over this text, text without understanding the real content of it. And yet it's such an important calling perhaps the most important calling you and I can get. Can you imagine that God comes to you through His Word and through His Holy Spirit and He says, whatever your name is, you are mine, you are a Christian, you confess your faith, and therefore you are an ambassador of Christ. Sent out in this world with the message I talked about. It is more than that. We were and are ordained and predestined to represent God's kingdom on earth. Can there be a higher calling ever than that? In Psalm 139, we read that we were created, God created our inmost being, and he knit us together in the womb of our mother. That is why we praise and serve God. We, we, we are there for many reasons. And, and why God wanted us, us on this earth. But the main reason remains that we were called, we were artfully, beautifully woven together, says the psalm, in the womb of our mother, so that when we are born, 
we are immediately at that point marked as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Now, if the calling of an ambassador is so important, and why ambassadors are so important, why don't we give much more attention to this in our lives, in our homes, and in our churches? Each and every home, each church, should, in actual fact, be embassies of the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. May I repeat that each home and each church should be an embassy. Embassies of the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. And that is something I think we should work through during this week, my dear friends to get to this better understanding and understand what we have read over so easily over the years. I'm quite surprised to see how much time we spend on ourselves. Somebody once said to me, you know what I'm doing, Samuel? This whole thing about Christianity. Uh, I'm reinventing myself. I'm creating this new me. We spend such a lot of time on that. And then we get to our children. And we sit down with our children. And we talk about choices and choices and choices. What are you going to become? Where, where will you go to school? What will your career be? Uh, uh, make sure you get a job. Make you sh sure you get a job where you can make a lot of money. And feel important. There's nothing wrong about preparing your future so actively and so correctly. Nothing wrong with that. But the question is, what are our priorities in doing this? Do we also spend so much time with our children and sit with them and look them in the eye and tell them when you were born out of the body of your, your mother, you were from that moment on an ambassador of Jesus Christ. That's your priority. That's your primary calling. Not all the other things. I want to appeal to you today that we also spend so much time as we spent on other things with thinking about and preparing ourselves to understand the calling of being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Do you realize that you are ordained? That you are predestined to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ? That there is nothing more important than that, that God called me to be his ambassador as a theologian. And even in my ambassadorship in two major countries, I could proclaim the word of God and be his ambassador also in political, public, and diplomatic life. Because I understood what it meant to be 
an ambassador of Jesus Christ, which my parents taught me since the day I was born. I want to end by saying that the kingdoms of the world, the leaders of our time, and the governments all over the world, yes, the entire world is waiting for us to hear from us who are heaven's delegated ambassadors. Are you living your life as an ambassador? Do you realize that you are sent to this world by himself? May God help you to realize that because it's of crucial importance. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that in and through our Lord Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled to you. Thank you for your gracious kindness, your loving mercy, and long-suffering towards us and all humanity. Help us to be your obedient, worthy, humble, and devoted ambassadors on earth. Help us to boldly declare the, the message of re reconciliation to all with whom we come in contact. Let it be clear in our words, in our attitudes, in our deeds, that we are called to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ in this world. Hear our prayer on this, Lord. Amen.